What's up? This is Matt Franco. And this is Eric Dittleman. Welcome to Mind Over Magic. Welcome to the show. Hey there. How's it going? <laughs> I'm good, man. It's been uh, great catching up. We should have hit record maybe 30 minutes ago, but that's okay. Yeah. We get the show before the show. That's sometimes just for us. Exactly. <laughs> and that, that's all right. Uh, but we're and now glad. we'll continue it. Yeah, we'll continue and we're glad our listeners are joining us as well. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, you had a, a big week of announcements. Do, do you want to share with our listeners? <laughs> yeah, you know, it was actually on a whim. Uh, we had taken, Tiana and I had taken some photos uh, maybe a week or two ago um, with all our pets and whatnot. And, um, she thought, hey, I think today I'm going to post that. I said, okay, go for it. Mm-hmm. And it was a uh, pregnancy announcement. Congrats, Matt Thank and you. Tiana. Thank you. A little one on the way. Yeah, That's so little exciting. boy. We're very excited. And, uh, I mean, all the uh, publicity mags are already picking this up. And uh, you a little feature in people retweeting or reposting your announcement. So that's cool. Yeah, yeah. No, it's... Um it's good. It's it's uh, everyone's really over the moon about it. I know we're we're a little nervous, obviously, sure. because it's yeah. our first time parents. Well, I mean, it's gonna it's gonna you're gonna have to figure it out regardless, whatever <laughs> you know. Like everyone always kind of says the same thing. Yeah. They're like you know, p- people who are parents say, "Oh, it's the most amazing thing." You won't even be able to describe it. So I'm sure that's all true. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just uh, I'm anxious to find out. I can't wait to see what this little guy looks like. Yeah, that's so exciting. That's really really great. And and it's great that you're settled and you're you know you you're seven years into your show. You're you feel like you've made a home in Vegas. So it's perfect. Sounds like a perfect time. It's one of those things where it never feels like a perfect time, though. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. I I guess. You know, it's a, I don't know. It's it's really difficult. Um. But we we are we are super excited and. I can't wait to see what comes next. So I guess around January-ish, um, That's so all, fun. Will, all, all goes to plan. So happy we will have our, our family growing. So yeah. we're we're really thrilled. Thanks for thanks for mentioning. That's it. awesome. And is it weird having these like celebrity magazines, this you know the the people watch kind of stuff picking up on like major life events and publishing it is that a weird thing that you never get used to it actually is yeah Yeah. i mean i guess it is lifestyle news in a way because it's i guess it's human interest i don't know um but like as soon as um like the people one for example my publicist sent me a link on it just texted it to me Mm -hmm. because we just shared it on social media you know i wasn't expecting anything like that so i knew tiana would be excited so i sent it to her right away she's like oh my god because she said the same thing like yeah I, i don't think of Right. She's like, I don't think of you like that. Right. right so it's right. weird that this, it, and I'm like, yeah, I totally, I 100% know what you mean. You know? Yeah, I get you. I get you. It, it wasn't planned like, you know, we weren't breaking down there, calling different places saying, hey, pick this up. No, like right. we, we wanted to share the news right. on, you know, our social media. You know, she actually shared it on hers and we just did it as a joint post. You know, right. she tagged me as a collaborator, yeah. which is like a thing you can do on Instagram now, which is great. Um, 
And yeah, I'm, but I'm glad it was our news to share. It's great. That's so fun. And I, I got to applaud. At least I didn't see any headlines, but the, the ones that I did see held some restraint and weren't doing things of like, magician going to make a baby appear, <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. But uh, I, I'm sure I there was a few. <laughs> I cannot believe that there was that restraint. Now that you mentioned it, it hadn't even crossed my mind, but now that you mentioned it, I can't even believe they held back from that. I know, I know. That it's- seems like the low-hanging fruit. Exactly. <laughs> Ripe for the picking. <laughs> right. Well, that's exciting. And then, uh, yeah, what else is happening, Matt? I mean, that's the biggest news, obviously. But, it is. Uh, yeah. It's How are we supposed to come back from I know, that now? I know. We're we supposed to just, just record on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we'll talk about magic and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Not the magic of babies making a baby appear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, I, uh, I did... I can only say so much about this, but this is this is pretty neat. Depending on depending on you know what people's interest <laughs> level is in ultimate fighting, but I actually filmed something in the octagon. That that is the ring of ultimate fighting. That's the little bit of I know about ultimate fighting. So you know, like it, like the same as me on ultimate fighting, maybe even a little bit less than I do. Yeah, I know it's like I know like a couple people who've done. UFC like like this I'm not personally I just know like the the, the fighters that their names pop up and I know there's like you know holds and punches and stuff Do you know who like owns it no I can't tell you that do you know the name Dana White oh now that I met no I do know this because there was supposed to be like some sort of island of just UFC at some point and I think Dana White was trying to get like this like resort kind of thing but uh other than that, no. I just know like the basic like surface level headlines of UFC. Gotcha. Um, I can't say exactly what this was for, but what I can mm-hmm. say is, um, can you say this, if you will be going to an island specifically devoted there's, to UFC? There's, there's nothing to do with an island. <laughs> okay. Um, but I did get to to go in the octagon. I could see dried up blood on the floor oh, of it. Gross. Yeah, this is like an actual like the one where they do fights. You yeah, know? yeah. Not a um, set that they have for Yeah, promo. not just like a set, like but the <laughs> actual place where it airs and people watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, live and on TV and all that. And um anyway, there were uh it was like a th- three camera shoot and there were a lot of magicians there. What? Okay. Like helping out with this project. Now is this they just were like, let's get all these magicians, put them in the ring, and finally settle this once and for all. <laughs> See who's no, the best no. Vegas magician, who's got the best chokehold. <laughs> there was there was a magician who was um, like asked to help this group of people consult on something. Gotcha. And um, I love how turn, cagey you're being and making sure that this is vague enough. But I have to, <laughs> yeah, I yeah, have yeah, to, because yeah. it's like it's it's gonna be a it's gonna be exciting an exciting thing that like w- what I'm saying here would never lead on to what it could be. By the way, uh, no pun intended on the word cagey. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so so there were a number of magicians there that were just sort of friends of the the magician that were putting it on. Okay, that was like sort of helping this group out sure. um which magic is small so which meant mutual mm-hmm. friends yeah great right? people i knew as well but it was so funny because it, it really felt like it was the closest thing i mean it was it was just like filming a magic tv special wow. it was just like doing a like a quote-unquote street magic special mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. 
which is really, really hard to do. It immediately reminded me of why I love live performance so much. It's, um, and, and, and frankly, like I'm pretty okay at it. Like I, I don't enjoy doing it. Um, but like I've done a lot of it at this point. Yeah. So like, I know how to handle it. Um, I mean, there's really a small group of people that have done it at least, at least this much. Yeah. Um, really a small number of people. Um, but, but it's funny because it's, it's like, I was, I was there for maybe a couple of hours, just, you know, getting ready and so on. And, and did the whole thing took a couple hours at most, maybe a few, but, but like, it felt like a, the longest day ever. Really? It's, yeah. It's such a different beast than mm-hmm. live performance. Right. A lot and of stop I can't and really start. Explain why. A stop and start and like picking things up and, you know, sit around and wait is really what you're used to with TV when it comes to TV kind of production stuff. Yeah, just deciding how we're going to set up and then like a, a lot of different opinions, right? Mm-hmm. There's a director's opinion, there's right. this person's opinion, then there's there are other magicians in the room saying, oh, what if, what if we set it up and shot from this way? Should we do this all in one shot? You know, all these sort of different things of like how to capture the magic. And of course, all the magic we're doing is real. Like the people we're doing it for are going to experience magic. But now we need to convince the home viewer that right. it's real and that these people aren't in on it, which is like almost impossible to do. Right. So, so like, okay, do you cut to reaction? Do you pan to the reaction? How do you how do you make this feel like real deal? And it's it, it's a really really hard challenge, um, but it it was really fun, and I think it's gonna come out great. I, I think it's gonna come out amazing. And just to be clear, the magic's happening in the octagon. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I guess I can say that. Yes. Okay. Wow. There's literal magic in the octagon. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, hopefully yeah. you can tell us more once this debuts. Is this something people will eventually get to see? I think so. So okay. I have no, I <laughs> have, have no, no way of knowing. <laughs> like this is one of those things where, uh, how much can I say? Yeah. This yeah. Th- it's one of those things that could get like pretty picked up because it has tie-ins to. Um, well, I, I already mentioned one. Mm-hmm. I already mentioned UFC. Yeah. Um, there's a magic element, obviously, which mm-hmm. like does reach another group of people. And then there's a whole other element that I can't mention that is also tied into this. Okay. Well, to cover your bases, if you said anything you're not supposed to say, our listeners, we're a tight-knit group, so uh, we'll keep it all to ourselves and not, uh, not blow up your spot. <laughs> Please do. Please do. <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting. I can't wait to hear more about this and what what is going on. But you're that must be a weird, like again, we were talking about being in specific spaces and like being used to doing things on your stage, and then to suddenly be in a place that literally has just like cages for walls, and then to have to like perform. And an octagon also kind of implies that you're surrounded. Right. I mean, obviously the camera shooting from one angle so you can play to that. But like if there's an audience behind, you know, or like just playing angles and it's it's a whole sounds like a whole nother beast. It, it is. Anytime you're doing, quote unquote, street magic, it doesn't mean street. Right. 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 It means out in the wild, yeah, whatever yeah. that might be. And every new scenario you're in yeah. creates new challenges. And there's just a whole lot of like on the fly figuring out oh, okay should we use this this marker or that marker and then okay are we going to use this one or you know, it's it's right. just all these little things you have to figure out in the moment and i will say the team was great good the oh, the nice. production team was 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 quite good especially considering they're like not coming from 
a magic background at all. I was I was really impressed. But give it with if it's not a long wait, within thirty days this thing should be out in the wild too. So Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. We'll look forward to that. Well, yeah, that yeah. sounds exciting, man. Look at yeah. you. Yeah. What's up with you? Uh, I've been just doing shows. I had a couple colleges. I did uh, our friend Jim Spinato's show at um, Mohegan Sun at Comics there, and that was fun. I got to try out a brand new bit, uh, which I say is a new bit, but it's a bit I've had. It's really an old bit I've dusted off that I really mm-hmm. haven't. Uh, there, l- last week's goal was to like kind of work on all, a little bit of these projects that I've kind of abandoned. <laughs> so this was one of them. This is something uh, I'll, I'll just t- tell the effect uh, is I have a magic eight ball on stage. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know this, but I don't know mm-hmm. if our listeners know this. <laughs> uh, right, but, um, right. But I used to do it where I would have people ask a question out loud, shake the eight ball, take a look at their response, memorize the response. And then I would uh, m- mentally pick up their response and tell them which of the random 20 choices from a Magic 8 ball they selected. And they all kind of sit down after that. But I uh, figured out a way to do it where I can get the questions as well. So they just think the questions and then shake it, check their response, think their response. And then I have I, I tell them what they're thinking. So the bit played... Much better than I was expecting it to go after, like, just putting it on stage for the first time in maybe four years, five years. You know, it's been a long time, you know, especially with a pandemic. So you can't do that by itself. You really need an audience to kind of do this effect. So I was happy with how it went. There's still tweaks and still things I'm trying to maneuver with it. Definitely learned a lot staging-wise. Like, I was having them all out in the audience, and I realized, wow, you know, just logistically, it's Hard to read a magic eight ball when there's not a lot of light. <laughs> right, so, right, right. One guy even like turned his back and like brought out his like cell phone light to read it, you know, from, wow. from me. So I'm going to have them up on stage. So it's like just, again, learning those little bits as you're working on a new routine of like, you got to try it. And then you learn something when the things don't go exactly as planned. And then you adjust for next time. And then you keep doing that process until it gets more and more polished. And I'm excited to be working on that bit again. So that's cool. I, I saw some photos from the comics thing. It, they looked like they were staged. Those people just mouth <laughs> wide open. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't have planned for better photos. I mean, uh, props to uh, Bill Hoagland, who was in the audience taking and, and knowing my I guess he knew my set well enough to know when the, the moments when the of amazement were going to happen. Yeah. I mean, it, he just like it's like he got every single audience participant that you brought up there in the exact same just like dumbfounded expression yeah and i was was looking back at the photos and i was just like wow that set went way better than i even thought because i think i was even in my head about the new piece so i was really focusing i was like yeah that could have played a little bit better there a little bit better and i'm just analyzing it but then having that kind of outside of body experience to see what the audience was experienced really reminded me. And I think that was what was cool is that it was like, we have to remind ourselves about the power of what we do sometimes because we almost take it for granted. Uh, I think like, because right. we're seeing it all the time and just being like, wow, this is even, even when it's not autopilot per se, but like, even when my mind was like focused on other things and I wasn't really, you know, selling the amazement of it in myself, which I think is a great strategy to get, people to experience the amazement 
them, you have to realize that you it is it is amazing within yourself, and then right. everything you do kind of portrays that. But even if we're if I wasn't doing that, it's still powerful enough. You got to remember that people are experiencing this, and they've never seen anything like this. Uh, you know, they're getting a genuine reaction. Yeah, I, I've noticed before, like, there are times when I've watched footage from, like, someone who is filming in the show, and you hear the audience way different when you're in the sh- in the mm-hmm. audience versus on stage. Yeah. And you go, wow, this went so much better. It's kind of like looking at your photos. Like, yeah. wow, this set went so much better than <laughs> exactly. I realized. Exactly. And, like, it's such a careful balance of, like, and I feel like you and I do this a lot where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, that went way better than I expected it did. <laughs> yeah. And we were there. We were on yeah. stage there. Yeah. But, like... Yeah, but it's better than going the other way. And you have to be careful of that, mm-hmm. too, of like only listening to the few thinking that it went better than it is. That's a much worse problem to have. Right. Yeah. That's called laughing years in the comedy business when, you're, when yes. you're doing jokes and you think you're getting louder laughs than you actually are. And it kind of feels almost cringy if you're coming out with this cockiness of like you're crushing and then people in the audience were like did he was he at the same show we right were, it just feels right. like the performer is totally disconnected yeah. right but i think it's better to be where we're usually at where yes. you know we're humble and we don't think we do as well as we did but then being <laughs> right. pleasantly surprised and remembering the power of it you know for right. sure uh yeah that's that's a great place to be in but it is reassuring it's one of the reasons i like doing the meet and greets after because sometimes you'll get people that you know uh you were just like that was so incredible and sometimes it is just a venue thing too where the sound is getting sucked up into the ceiling so it's not making it to the stage so then you're like oh man no one's really laughing or reacting and then you're just like oh if i was in the audience i would hear them laughing and reacting right you know, that, right you know so it's, it can be just space issues like that so anyway it's a good thing to remember it'd be like yeah even i think you know at this point in my career like i gotta remember like even on my worst days it's still amazing for people you know but um but yeah it's just you know we put in the time and practice and have made it this far aren't there like i know it's mostly because of the new piece but aren't there always little adjustments you're making based on like every time you walk in the venue and you do something you go oh this is different because this chair is a little higher or like just a lot, like a lot of little things. Like for example, I do this, this three card Monty thing in the show with these giant cards. And mm-hmm. um, I think like for the past couple months, I was using two red cards and a black card. Sure. But then like I, those were getting kind of like used. So I tossed them and mm-hmm. brought in a replace them. Yeah. And uh, now it's like two black cards and a red card, but it changes my script. Oh Yeah. Yeah, but even like a little thing like that changes. Like I have to like change the wording because some of the cadence doesn't feel right with the way those words sound. I know this sounds like ridiculous, mm-hmm. but like it's a real thing. So you you experience those things all the time, especially when doing a new bit, though. Yeah, especially doing a new bit. But even in my stage show, yeah, because especially all the venues I do are very different. Uh, I mean, I try to keep things as similar as possible in terms of like the chairs and the the that I use or like the the stands that I bring. But sometimes mm-hmm. when I fly, like I, I've seen so many different types of chairs, Matt. Right, <laughs> you're right. That you wouldn't even know existed. I didn't and then know. you go, Whoa. and like this doesn't work. This doesn't work for this reason. I gotta find this one. You know, let me let me walk around your entire building to find some chairs that'll work. Like I've done that before. You know, just to find <laughs> things to adapt. But I'm I know going in, I'm gonna adapt for certain things and just kind of play it. So I'm I'm pretty flexible when it comes to that stuff and kind of changing in the moment. 
You know? Well, that's an interesting thing in magic too. We're always looking for some sort of item <laughs> yeah. that serves some sort of purpose that is not the purpose that that item actually mm-hmm. serves. Mm-hmm. So like for everyone else in the world, a chair is for sitting. And so when you say I need the chair and then you go, yeah, but I need a back that does like, that is like this. Yeah. And they go, okay, how about this? Yeah, but that one has wheels or whatever. Like there's, there's yeah, always yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> there's so many minor things that are like, and I, I, I wish I could think of a, a better example. I'm sure you might even have a couple coming to mind where it's like, yeah, I need paper. But it needs to be a little bit less see-through than that or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's the weird <laughs> specifics that magicians and mentalists sometimes need in order for their effects to work. But it's, right. you sound like Or even a just cr- to play. Sometimes yeah. it's not magic method. Yeah. You know? yeah, it's just to play the best and get the most reaction out of it. Right. But it's like if you were a normal person, this sounds all ludicrous and you sound like a crazy person asking for, like, can this be slightly more opaque? You know? Right, right. <laughs> like I need a marker that's just – it just needs to be a little – bit of a darker red like it, this isn't quite right you it know can't bleed through the paint yeah. <laughs> right yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 um my uh, uh dearly uh p- late uh mentor uh bob cassidy used to do a game he would call it sort of a game walking into like thrift stores or dollar stores or whatever and he would pretend like he didn't know what these objects were so he's approaching each object from a fresh perspective. So he'd pick up like some sort of container or whatever and just be like, what is this? Right. And he would kind of view it and see it almost like from an alien perspective in order to try and figure out what other possibilities it could have in magic and mentalism. And uh, I just love that approach. And that's sort of what we're doing when we see all these specific things of like this fit fits a specific need in my show and I need it to be this exact height and like, or what could this be repurposed as? And I just love that kind of uh, outside the box thinking. It's so hard when you go out in the field too, when you go to a store, a craft supply store or something, and you're like, yeah, I need this. And you have to now try to like explain to the person who's working (laughs) at the store what you need and why the one they're showing you isn't good enough. Yeah. But they're like, yeah, no, this is the better one. No, no, but that's not what I need. No, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't give me the higher quality. Actually, what I need for this is the lower quality. Yeah. <laughs> and they're just trying to be helpful and they're looking at you like, why is this guy not going with the best option possible? Right. Yeah. But it's all about context is the best option for us, you know? Right, exactly. You don't know what we're using it for. So so yeah. that, was, uh, that was a lot of fun doing that show. And then also um, I did the magic in a bottle show at city winery and boy did i have fun at that show man i had so much fun it was uh it was on a show with uh friends david Crisaro, whose show it is and noah levine and it was just the three of us they had a little walk around going on before the show but we did like you know 30 ish minutes each and i headlined at the end and they were so nice and polite for David and Noah. And then when I got in, the first guy I brought up, he called himself a professional heckler. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Which really set the tone, right? Because And he was in the room for the others, too? Yeah, yeah. And he was so okay. nice and polite for them. But as soon as I brought him up on stage, he just started, you know, I have them read something. He was going off script reading. Like every step of the way, it was like almost like I had to be on my toes. But It was going to be the hymn show. It was going to be the hymn show if I didn't reel him in. So I had to, um, you know, obviously be present in the moment and kind of like take charge and like make sure. But like I was crushing in that room because it was one of those like, 
I was in trouble almost. It was like so unplanned, but it really set the tone for my rest of the set. So I kept calling back to this guy and everyone else I brought up. I was like, we're not going to be like Jose over here, you know? Right, like, right, right, right. Know? So it was a it was an interesting balance to play because I love this venue so much because it's very much a comedy club style venue. Like it's very on stage with the, the crowd right there up at your, you know, as close as possible. Everyone's on top of each other. And I was just getting some of the hardest laughs I think I've been getting. But I was also, you know, it was it was a fine line to walk because I had to almost take an attitude that was not I don't want to say meaner, but a little bit more aggressive than I normally do. <laughs> Right. And uh, just that once you start at that level, it's hard to back down. So for the rest right. of the set, I'm at, you know, at 11. Right. 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 <laughs> but it was fun because I could tell, you know, it was getting up to that line, but never crossing the line because the audience was still with me every step of the way. And sure. then it was just it was just real fun, man. I was having a blast at that show. Maybe you at 11 is a good thing. Yeah. But I th feel like it needs to have that little like off the uh, off the rails element which i love which i always try to um you know recreate somehow mm -hmm. in the show mm -hmm. but you know it's, sometimes it's just lightning in a bottle that you can only capture it so much depending on how the audience is reacting because you can't get them to right yeah no you have to you <laughs> got to play the room yeah exactly exactly you know so. rather than try to make it into something it's not we've talked about that before so but i Absolutely. love those the, the comedy club cabaret style venues i'm just having a blast in and i got another one coming up uh this weekend uh after a couple college shows i'm going to uh this new theater the midnight theater which is going to be a showcase and probably a uh, ongoing new venue in New York that I'll probably be at quite often. So uh, we're waiting to see how the first one goes, and then we'll keep planning from there. Question. Yes. Before we get to the the, the highlight of, of our episode, trivia and, and uh, riddles. <laughs> yes, because um, it's called tri tri Trivia Over Riddles with Matt and Eric. <laughs> this is not your, uh, this is not your <laughs> trivia question. Yes. But it's a hard question. Okay. I assume at Magic in the Bottle, you did a shorter set. Same thing at Comics. Maybe 20 minutes or something? 25? Both were about 30, actually. Okay. Yeah. Maybe a little more. <laughs> and you did Well, okay. Let's say it's 30, though. Yeah. Yeah. Let's pretend you didn't go over, which we know you did. <laughs> well, sometimes you have to with the audience. and the, You're reacting. Right. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. You have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um <laughs> <laughs> let's say you did some colleges uh, that were an hour. Was that an hour show that you were doing at the schools? Yeah, those are going a little longer, too. No, well, <laughs> well, it goes five, without saying. It goes without five. saying with Eric Dittleman, right? I, no. <laughs> I usually stay pretty close to time, but sometimes. Uh, jokes aside, let's pretend it's 30 exactly and 60 exactly. Yes. I'll even give you 25, whatever. Okay. If you could only do one show length for the rest of your life, are you doing the 25s? Or the 60s? Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. I like, they're both different in different ways. Like, I like doing the full show to stretch my legs, and you can add things in and try new things, but like 25 I, or 30, I gotta hit them hard, and you know, I have my go tos there uh, okay before you answer then i are I they wait, part no, two. Oh no no before before you give me the part two are they paid the same because if, they're, if they're paid the same i mean less time for the same amount of money why not right you could do more shows mm. you could do a I'm gonna 30 say minute no. and then do another 30 minute and then i'm <laughs> i'm gonna say no okay. they're not paid the same all right well i'm gonna I, say that it's um 
proportional. There's okay, a better yeah. word there, but you no, know that's what I a mean. great that's a great word yeah. for it. That okay. makes sense. Okay. Um, well, then I'd like to do the hour show. Then, then you do that. <laughs> okay, all right. Okay. <laughs> now, which is more difficult for you? Hmm. Um. Probably the hour, because you just got to sustain the momentum throughout the whole show, right? Mm-hmm. And you can have dips and valleys, and you know, as we've talked about here. Uh, on the podcast on on having different textures so it can't, doesn't always have to be at that you know high energy the whole time because you can have balance but mm-hmm. uh yeah like i said for 30 minutes i want to just hit them hard and fast and just keep going and so it's easier to go boom 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 mm-hmm. uh yeah i think that's the answer interesting yeah what about you? i find it much harder to put together a shorter set mm. I'm much more comfortable in long form. I was talking to Josh J from Vanishing Inc. about this the other day. Uh, he's the same way. He's like, yeah, totally long form. Um, yeah, showcasing in short form um, is harder to me, whether well, it's five minutes or 15 minutes or whatever. I will say that anything shorter than 25 minutes is tougher for me, right? Gotcha. So had I changed it to 15, you might have had a different answer. Yeah, especially since uh, the college conferences are coming up and I am showcasing at them. And, uh, you know, I've always fought in that regard to give the Variety X at least 20 minutes. And I think it's even down back to 15 or even 10 again, which might Mm. be tricky. Uh, So the fact that then because I want to at least show a few things and build up and have that time to ramp up. But like, you know, one piece could take like five to 10 minutes and then I'm done. You know, 10 minutes is not 10 minutes is like you basically just have to walk out and be like, yeah, I'm the best. Hope you like me and book me. Thanks. Bye. Like, yeah, it's so you don't fast. have time to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I also feel in that context, too, I'm rushing because it's so precise, too. And they'll cut off your mic. Exactly. So like my show has always had room to breathe, which is why we were even just joking, like it'll go five minutes over that's fine but if i'm not worried about that you know if the the booker like david knew you know he had me headline he's like yeah do what you need to do they know there's going to be a give and take with time because there's not a hard out so then i have the room to breathe and play with the audience which is where i really shine i think and just like improvising off of what people are saying and i don't have as much time to do that at a strict you know showcasing setting so i don't love doing those as much because mm-hmm. I don't get to feel like I'm really being me, you know? Right. Totally. Yeah. Okay. But it's a, it's an interesting debate. Yeah. I think everyone's different, right? Some people showcase really well in short form. Yeah. And some people are better in long form and some people can do both or neither. I guess, I guess all, all sides of the spectrum exist here. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I think it's that time, Matt, for oh, which button am I? I don't know. I'm getting them confused. <laughs> <laughs> this one. Diddle me this. episodes. Diddle me this. Which button? Diddle me that. Will Eric end up stumping Matt? Riddles. It's it's really my own fault that the two buttons for the theme songs, one's like pink and one's purple, like they're very close. <laughs> right. I always confuse them. So is Matt, that like a stream deck? Uh, no, this is my uh, roadcaster, which is no, like, you should go to the roadcaster people and say, can you make this just a slightly different shade of color? For oh, me? no, I have full control over the colors. Oh, OK. <laughs> <laughs> this is all my fault. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. I'm just saying. So, uh, Matt, I realized so we got a lot of good feedback on last week's uh, rope burning riddle. Oh, uh, I hated that one. I yeah. know you did. But it was funny because I referenced I was like, this is similar to 
the 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 jug riddle in um, Die Hard with a Vengeance, mm. which you've never seen the movie. I'm just right. gonna guess right off the I bat. I think I know yeah. where this is going. And I was like, I don't think Matt knows the jug riddle. <laughs> <laughs> this is brilliant. And I was like, we need. I don't think we've done it here, so I, we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it. This is it existed before the movie, so uh, here here you go. Uh, okay. This is this is from Die Hard with a Vengeance. <laughs> Uh, so to disable a bomb, Detective John McClane must measure out exactly four gallons of water and place the resulting weight on a scale. His tools are as follows. You get a three-gallon jug and a five-gallon jug, and then the fountain where he could fill it up with water. Uh, so McClane did this in the first, in, in less what do you than mean five fountain? So this takes place in the movie in a park. So he's filling up like, like literally like a fountain <laughs> with okay. the jug. Okay. But like I mean, you just, would throw, like you would throw coins into. Yeah. For but good luck. This is not the fountain's not part of the the riddle. It's just the fact that there's a water source. It's just so a you receptacle. Can, you can you can fill and dump out water essentially okay. from the jugs. Is all you need Got to it. know. Got um, it. So John McClane did it in less than five minutes. Uh, but we won't time you. So this, go ahead. How would you measure out exactly four gallons of water using a three-gallon and a five-gallon jug? And it's got to be precise. And I will say, just assume when you're pouring water, you're not spilling drops. Like a small little drop's not going to throw it off. But so I have a five-gallon jug and a three-gallon jug, and I need to somehow figure out four gallons. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we won't put the pressure of a you know a serial killer on the loose that you're trying to stop. <laughs> I I really don't know. This is similar to the rope burning thing. Well, in fact, of like in terms of measuring things out using two things, it's like in the same vibe. It's not the mm. exact same method, obviously. I mean, Start if the one that's three gallons, mm -hmm. couldn't I just like fill that one up? Yep. And then fill up the other one one-fifth. Well, that's the thing is you can't eyeball. I can't eyeball a, it. A, like one gallon out of the five, right? Because then but you might be off. what if I can? Off. And that's where you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, say this is a time-sensitive pressure scale, so it needs to be as exact as possible. You're going to just trust your eye on this? Uh, oh, yeah, right. I forgot I'm disabling a bomb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll add that extra pressure. Mm. <laughs> I don't know, cause I can do three. Yep, and I can do five. Well, walk it out. What 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 can you do? I can do three and five. I can do eight and then cut it in half, mm. but not really. But but you don't have a receptacle, right? Cause then you're still eyeballing the half. Yeah, I don't have a receptacle. So this is gonna have something to do with like poking a hole in one of them. Nope, nope. You can do it by just filling and emptying jugs. Okay, filling and emptying jugs. Mm -hmm. Can I eyeball half or no? No. No. Oh. So you fill it up fully. Which one? The three. Okay. Walk it out. That gets me nowhere. You got, so you you got three the, gallons. <laughs> so you fill up the five. Okay. That gets me five. too much. Yeah. Now... I take the five and pour it into the three. Oh, okay. And now I have a two. Yeah, now you're on to something. Okay, great. And then I do two again. 
Oh no, well, I can't. But you have to. Yeah, you're not. Pour, you're pouring the two out into nothing, then, right? Right. So I have the five. I pour into the three. Now I have two. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have two and I have three, but I need two more. How do I get two more? <laughs> oh, hmm. So remember, well, you can keep emptying and refilling jugs in different ways, but you right. know you have two in the five. But what? You, what you, was the last part? So you you poured you started with your five gallon jug and you poured three gallons into the three gallon jug, but you yeah, left now two I have two left in the, in the five. five. Right. Yep. Yeah. So now, but you can empty the three gallon jug. I can empty the three gallon jug and fill it up with. Why would I empty it? Oh, because I could pour the two into the three. Yep. <laughs> now I have a five that has empty. Yep. And a three gallon that has two with in two. it. Mm-hmm. Now I need two more. Or how much space more. is left in that three? One. Right. So I could fill up the three to get one. So now I have three. Well, now you I don't want to just fill it up from the fountain, though. I want to fill it up with the thing. You want to fill and that'll up. That'll leave. You want to fill up your five. <laughs> you fill up in your the five. four in the five. Yeah. So okay. you fill up the five, and then you, there's space left in the three gallon for another gallon. So you empty from the five gallon into the three. That's trippy. I don't know one if anybody gal- followed that. I'm <laughs> sure some did actually. But so that's one of two solutions. You can oh, do it the boy. other way too. So just to recap the one we just did, and I'm gonna give oh. this to you because you did walk it through with a little bit of help. Right, yeah, but you were getting back in there. But uh, you, so you, the first response is to fill the five-gallon jug, and you use it to fill the three-gallon jug, leaving two gallons in the five-gallon jug. Then you empty the three-gallon jug, and then you pour the two remaining gallons from the other jug into it, leaving a space that has a gallon left in the three-gallon jug. Now you fill the entire five-gallon jug and pour one gallon in back into the three-gallon jug, and that leaves four gallons exactly in the five-gallon jug. So that's the one we just solved. But right. the other way you could do it is you could fill the three-gallon jug and pour it into the five-gallon jug. Now you fill the three-gallon jug again and you use it to fill the five-gallon jug, and that leaves one gallon left in the three-gallon jug. Right. Now you empty the five-gallon jug mm-hmm. and you pour the three-gallon jug's remaining gallon into it. Right. And you refill the three-gallon jug. Oh, now you have four. In the, yeah, yeah, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so you could do it that way. As well. So you're either adding or subtracting, but it is a great riddle. When I first saw it, I think my first experience with it was Die Hard, and I just loved it so much, but it's been around for a long time. So well done, Matt. Let's jump over to trivia. Matt picks up the question, then he stares at it. Eric's at the ready, time to use his wit. Pressure, 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 trivia, pressure, trivia. What is the trivia? I hope I didn't ask you this already. We, you know we have a spreadsheet you can check against. <laughs> Where did the croissant originate? Oh, the, I don't know that. You would think France, but this seems like a trick question. I, is the, are there choices? Yes. All right, let's hear the choices. They're always. I oh, you didn't notice I always do multiple choice. No, I do, but okay. I was asking okay. for them. Yeah, well, sometimes you don't need the choices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, a, France. Okay. Seems B, like the obvious one. B, Austria. Austria. Interesting. C, 
Turkey. Mm. D. Tokyo. Huh. Okay. Um. Now my instinct now because of the shape of it, and kind of the Turkish flag, it has a crescent. So I'm wondering if it originated in a crescent type. Uh, like they wanted a pastry to match like the crescent moon. And then it just became popular. And then like the French version of it is to call it a croissant. So I, I think France is too obvious. And my only other way to latch onto this is this crescent shape. So I'm going to say Turkey is my guess. Is that correct? No. <laughs> <laughs> is it now, France? That's too I obvious. Know, I was immediately impressed with your logic about it seeming like a Chris trick question and France being wrong because France is wrong. Yeah. Okay. But the so answer we, is Austria. Austria. Interest. Mm-hmm. Is, is there any more information? Of, there is of, zero information. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just started in Austria. Good to know. <laughs> we can get a Google on that. Yeah. Well, we got a Google on that. <laughs> at some point. I don't know. Should, not now. We don't have to do All it right. now, right? No, no. Do you want to do it now? I'll do it now. No, we'll do it. We'll save it for some corrections for next week. Speaking of, I've been waiting all week to tell you something. Okay, please. So last week you asked me, because I was talking about um, a couple of AGT contestants that are in the magic realm. We're talking about Nicholas Ribs, who happens to be from France, by the way. Look at these segues. But he did not invent the croissant. He did not invent the (laughs) croissant. He is in the finals. Yes. But... um, you said to I, I I think you asked me which I li- if I liked his audition more or his latest performance more. I said I recorded the, my reaction to it and everything. Mm-hmm. His act in the I guess what you would call the semifinals. I didn't really see the act. You only saw a portion of it. You didn't. But see not the whole only thing. that, yeah. I saw what they posted on Instagram, which I had no idea was really cropped in favorably, <laughs> in terms of a lot of the act happened outside of the frame. Yeah, I saw your um, reaction video, and it was very narrow, like side by side. So I was like, is Matt seeing the full picture of this? No. No, I was only seeing what they shared. So like, right. when you put it side by side, you don't lose anything. I right. would, but I was literally seeing you know, yeah. the way that Instagram Reels crops it. And um, not only was it shortened, because as soon as you said to me, oh, yeah, and blah, blah, blah. Then he found Terry Crews. You mentioned Terry Crews being involved in the act. Yeah. And I'm sitting here across from you thinking, geez, am I losing my mind? I don't remember Terry (laughs) Crews being involved in the act. He's like literally sitting next to the table the whole time. (laughs) And sure enough, well, not only that, he picked a card. I mean, he was totally involved in it, but all of that wasn't included in the 90 seconds that they put online. Um but, you know, I had no idea. So anyway, I went back and watched the whole thing on YouTube and I have, a, you know, I was blown away. Yeah, it's pretty impressive to watch this whole like, again, he had sort of like a, a, a computer desktop theme to it. And you can see like things going into the folder and then him pulling like the folder card folder card out. And it's pretty great. But I hadn't seen the whole, you know, if you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I you, felt really bad. I was like, wow, I can't believe I. I filmed this whole thing. We talked about it in here. I thought yeah. the, I said I thought the audition was better. Well, yeah, because I actually saw the whole you audition. Saw the whole audition. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you and go. this act, I saw like one small piece of it, and and mm-hmm. a lot of it was out of frame. So yeah, there you go. 
Well, just to finish up our AGT Magic recap too, because another uh, group of perform or another med- Magic act performed this week. Uh, Yannick Holsta from Germany. Oh, did you see that? I did. He did yeah, like yeah. a um, like a dance, very choreographed dance number, and again making uh, uh, dancing assistants appear out of various boxes, big illusions. Uh, and uh, it's very funny the judges' reactions to it because Heidi was like, "It's very campy, it's over the top, but it kind of works. It does kind of work, right? It's very." Kitschy. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's I liked. It. I didn't watch. hear what the judges said though. Yeah, I mean, it was funny because they're like, "It's Heidi's like, it's not the best magic, it's not the best dancing, but together it sort of works." <laughs> it's the personality that yeah. makes it work, right? Yeah. It's the that over the top energy. Right, right. So I think there's a future for this guy. I, I, he didn't go through spoiler alert. Oh, uh, right. Into the right. finals, uh, but uh, but yeah. So I mean, who did go through last night? I or believe nights, it whenever was it was comedian uh, who I can't come up with the name at the moment and the not uh, the ventriloquist comedian no and then the AI um, singing act with oh Simon. that's in the finale yeah wow it's in the finale so what well, you uh, think I say it wrong <laughs> no no <laughs> that felt like a correction too F- since finale. we're doing corrections <laughs> <laughs> well we also have I want to get into our mailbag Matt okay oh, let's do that mailbag. I've got mail. We haven't had a chance to play my brother's music in a little bit there. So <laughs> thank, thanks again, Mark, for that. Uh, this was uh, Caden uh, updated us. Remember, Caden was asking for advice about doing his talent show at school. Oh, that was a while ago. That was a while ago. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the details on that. Okay, let's let's get the update. He said, hey, guys, it's been months after my talent show, and I have people talking about it still. I think it's safe to say that it was a huge success. I wanted to say a huge thank you to you for the advice you gave me. And he was able to use fire on stage, and they loved it. Wow. Yeah. So uh, he also says, uh, I'm seeing your show again, Matt, in September 2nd. So I guess tomorrow night. (laughs) So check out. Uh, So with his girlfriend and his family, uh, they invited me to Vegas. So I'm seeing your show. But he also had a question for our podcast. He goes, do you guys think magic has grown or gotten smaller in popularity? And do you think the stereotypes of bunny in a hat and cutting a woman in half have died out at least a little bit? What are your thoughts? I would say, um, first of all, look forward to seeing you at the show. Uh, second of all, uh, yeah, I think it's died out a little bit. Not necessarily a lot of it. Well, you think um, the popularity of magic has died? No, 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 no. Sorry. I was answering the second part of the right, question okay. about the stereotypes of bunny and sure. hat. I should have been more yeah, clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do think the stereotype of bunny and hat cutting person in half has died out a little bit, but not mm-hmm. necessarily a lot of it. For whatever reason, it's still um, sort of a go-to image. It's one of those sticky stereotypes that's going to be around for a long time of what people kind of first instinct go when you think magician because they think the coattails and the top hat and the. I would really you know, love to act. know, and and it's interesting because TikTok is so huge and um, the people on TikTok are, are, are skews young, right? So like, and there are and there is magic on TikTok, right? So and there's a certain type of magic on TikTok, right? That, that gets shared quite a bit. So in 10 years, in 15 years, will that actually, I mean, I think it will have an effect on how people view or think about what they think of when they think of what magic is, right? So like, what, what do you think about that? Well, I think 
I think people are starting to, I think that image is always going to stick around because that's what people think first. And it was so popular for years and years, I mean, decades. I mean, the mm -hmm. whole, you know, turn of the century kind of style of magic was so ingrained in people. And that's the image that's kind of sustained for a long time. But I'm hoping that now people are going to realize there's other flavors of magic. There's different styles. So it's not the only image now that can be conjured when you think magician. I think it's people can be like, oh, there's different types. You get the David Blaine style street magic. I think he was such a big name that people think of that. But obviously, Copperfield, they're going to think big illusions and that kind of style. And I think even now, like... People are going to be like with AGT and TikTok and all this stuff, like small scale close up magic or whatever is going to be at the forefront. So it's not just bunnies out of hats and sawing a woman in half. Right. Well, I've noticed people will understand the term close up magic now. People understand right. the term mentalism right now. Yeah. Um, which is interesting because, like, when I was little, mm -hmm. um, People understood what, like, th there was no, people, lay people didn't have a word for close-up magic. <laughs> right. They're like. They would literally say, oh, yeah, it's really cool because he does stuff like one-on-one. -on -one. Or yeah, they'd yeah. say, like, up-close <laughs> magic, right? They'd yeah. get, like, kind of close. But, like, it wasn't as widespread as now. I feel like people kind of are familiar, at least, with the term close-up magic. Yeah, I think it kind of reflects, even if you're looking at, like, you were talking about TV and, um, you know, kind of ratings and everything. Everything's kind of being segmented and um, you can find your own niche within certain larger segments now, like larger uh, uh, media types. And I think people are starting to realize that magic isn't a broad thing anymore. There's specific elements within magic. And like I've had people specifically saying, like, we're looking for a mentalist or someone who can do more like, you know, psychic entertainment as opposed to a magic, you know, magician for certain events because they know there's a difference now and they're looking for that style and that flavor. Well, I just wonder because, you know, the sawing in half trope is just kind of around. Whether or not someone's ever seen someone get sawn in half right. is and another most, story. Most people have never seen a rabbit pulled out of a hat either. That's true. <laughs> now, having said that, you know, I'd say maybe 15 years ago, Kids growing up, seeing a magician for the first time, very well could have been someone wearing a top hat, though. It could have been someone coming to their school, someone going to their birthday mm -hmm. party or a friend's birthday party that was sort of maybe dressed like a traditional magician. There's a good chance, right? Well, let's talk about the top hat for a second, too, because this, what, uh, that... Maybe true because a lot of I think a lot of people's first experience with a magician is kind of like nothing wrong with this, but like a birthday party magician. Yeah, they but I don't know if that's in. true anymore. Right, I'm saying that's, that was 15 years ago. I think agreed. that's changed. I I yeah. agree. I agree. Yeah, but yeah. I think those at that time people were wearing and playing into the stereotype because sure. that's what people assumed what a magician wears, so they wanted to project the image of magician to those who were not as familiar. So it was kind of like a double, like a uh, like a snake eating its own tail in its way, right? right One was informing right. the other. But when it, that first came out, top hats were the style of the day. Oh, the of course, of the yeah, right. of course. I'm so, sure, yeah. So that was just a common item that people were wearing, so it was amazing that you could then borrow a hat and then pull a rabbit out of just a normal thing. Right, that was an that, amazing trick at that time because it was perfect in context. It was in the environment already. 
Right. It right. was natural and organic. But now when you're introducing this thing that's an, an anti- antiquated style of, you know, clothing or accessory, right. now it becomes suspect. Right? Right. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Because yeah. no one's just wearing a top hat. So so it's it's the, the the sentiment of the magic and how powerful that was has kind of sustained throughout as we go into more close up or street magic style or just anything where you're pulling things from naturally from the audience. So mm-hmm. you're still getting that same power, uh, but not necessarily using the same props anymore. Right. Um, um, so do you believe, though, if, if kids are getting their first exposure to magic via TikTok now, which I think is very possible, mm-hmm. I mean, chances are they're seeing someone that does not look like that. They're probably yeah. seeing someone. Chances are they're seeing someone younger than me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That maybe dresses like them. Um, I, that's a wide range, though, by the way, as we're getting older, Matt, younger than you. <laughs> well, you know, we're still yeah, relatively no, young. No, no. <laughs> but it's interesting like that. Yeah. I mean, I think that what they're seeing is not is not the birthday party magician first. Yeah, that can very well be true. So that might I think shape- they're seeing multiple magicians via TikTok to go, oh, they don't all look the same, too. Right, that might shape their image of magic. And like I'm saying is now they know that there's different flavors, different styles. I think that's going to be true. But I think that stereotype is going to persist alongside of all of that. Because, I mean, even if you just think of, like, do a Google search of magician and you're going to probably see, like, clip art. Is clip art still a thing? <laughs> of, like, mm, you know, the Showing our age. <laughs> of just, like, the generic graphics of what people... Do I is there an emoji of a magician like with the top hat and tux? Is there's there, a wand. Yeah, there's a wand. So there, that's gonna be around. I think that's just gonna. It's one of those things of like we still use a um, for the save icon for you know our computers is still a floppy disk and that's not even a no one uses a floppy disk anymore. But it's, it's so the people synonymous creating with these it. icons are older than us. Well, that's because it's just it's used now as iconography to represent something else, I think. Right. And right. I think that's what's staying is the iconography of it. Iconography. I like that. Yeah. There's a specific Good. term, too, I'm trying to remember. Of it's, it's along the lines of anachronism of what these terms are for things like you, you, you phone calls. You know, you see a sign for a, a telephone's available and it's the old rotary style telephones. That's not as common anymore. No one's using an image of an iPhone or an Android or like smartphone for mm-hmm. phone calls. You know, it's just that's how people assume things. And these things get kind of uh, ad- absorbed into our culture. It has to sort of assimilate. Yeah, yeah. The, the new stuff has to assimilate. What, what about his other um, side of his question? Do you think magic has grown or has gotten smaller in popularity? I believe it's grown. I still feel like we're in a renaissance right now of magic. Like, I mean, we're seeing it from within the forest. <laughs> like, we're, we're seeing the trees right now. We're, we're deep into it, so maybe our perspective is biased. But it seems or, like... Or, or knowledgeable. That too, right? But it's just we're we can see a lot of it. It's like even just how many shows are popping up in New York of all these opportunities for me to jump on to do magic. It seems like it's and never there are more been... good magic shows in Vegas than I think there have been in a very long time. Yeah, and w- I mean, even Simon said on this last week of AGTs, like magic's the popular thing on our show. He said that after Yannick's performance, and so that's like, been true for years now. So I feel like more than ever, you're getting. 
again, maybe less of the huge one-star celebrity in magic. Like the time mm-hmm. when Copperfield had all his specials, he was the guy. The guy, right. But now it's more segmented and you get the like i'm saying those different flavors and you know which is amazing because music is like that exactly exactly there's no one one musician that ruled them all like there wasn't magic back in the day you did have the beatles yeah right sure you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) so like the way information is spreads now is different you find the things that you gravitate toward towards that fit your style so maybe they're a lot of people obviously prefer the Matt Franco style of magic or the Eric Diddleman style of mentalism. Sure. And maybe that's their taste, but maybe other people are going to like, you know, so-and-so. But you can also enjoy all types of magic and just be like, I'm feeling this mood today and this mood tomorrow. It's like ice cream. It's all good. Yeah. But there are different flavors. Absolutely. You know? So I think we are seeing a rise, and I mean, I'm just – I'm a little concerned of uh, the the magic bubble bursting at some point if it's getting too oversaturated. I don't think we're there yet. Saturated uh, with popularity or saturated with like people doing it or what? Um, just in terms of I'm I'm kind of paralleling it to the the comedy boom of the '80s, where almost yeah, a, I would too. You know, there's um the comedy clubs that opened up all over the place, and then it just became so much that it was unsustainable, and then a lot of those went under. But right. but. What happens as a result of that is you still get the best ones that are staying. You know, you still got the comedy seller. You still got, you know, these venues and amazing comedians that come out of it. So I think, you know, it, once it gets oversaturated, the, the good will still be there. They'll still mm-hmm. survive. So, yeah. 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 That's There's always thought. room for someone who's good in any, any sort of market. Absolutely. Whether it's entertainment or otherwise. So. And there's always a way to reinvent, too. Not to mm-hmm. directly plug your show. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we should get over to our, speaking of plugs, let's get over to our goals, though, first. Yep. Matt, uh, how'd you do on your goals this week? Pretty good. Pretty good. The uh, By the time this airs, we should have all of our new dates on sale. Great. And um, that would be through, gosh, that'll be the 2023 dates. Through I think the wow. summer of 2023, beginning of the summer of 2023. That's that's pretty far out there, which is great. Um, which means the newsletter will have been sent out as well by the time people hear this, I believe, or that's, right around the same time. That's great. So you so. got your two week goal of crafting newsletter. How about you? Almost done. What? Well, before that, Matt, what's next week? What's next week's goal? Oh. <laughs> I'll give you a moment to think as I tell you about my goal. Uh, So I was uh, working on more of the Q Labs and bringing the music into that. I'm going to need another little piece of software because I want to control everything via the current um, remote system I'm using on my belt. And I need another thing to do that to control my computer because my system's a little old. So uh, that system I'm looking into is backordered, but I might contact the manufacturer and see where that's along the line production-wise. So I'm going to follow up with uh, the music part, get that away. And then I got to be honest, I my goal was to clock in <laughs> and kind of Oh, sit down. did you clock in? Doesn't sound not, like you did. Not at all. <laughs> yeah. Life gets in the way, man. Not even a little. But I did. I wanted to clock in to chip away at some projects, but I will say I did chip away a little bit at that uh, Magic 8-Ball routine. So I, I sort of did the goal anyway. But That's not awesome. as uh, regimented as I wanted it to be. <laughs> so and I'm gonna for next week? try and do that for next week we're gonna carry that one yeah to clock in and work on i mean 
clocking in could mean sitting down and actually reading the books on my pile, sitting down to work totally. on shows that I'm working on, new effects that I'm working on. So just like being a little bit more regiment on it. Yep. I and, feel you. I and feel you? you? Um, well, I've got a lot going on at home. We've got a nursery in the works, obviously. Yeah. Which is, uh, so it's to uh, try to get things in order around here. We kind of have a lot, uh, Tiana and I, going on just in that regard. House stuff and so on and, and getting ready for uh, January, which is um, going to be here before we know it. Huge and congrats. Buy those tickets for 2023 and you can see uh, a, a tired, no sleep mat. Uh, yes, the no <laughs> sleep mat on stage is wackier than ever. Um, I got an interesting quote that I'll leave you with from a favorite professor of mine in college uh, when he had reached out to say congratulations. I told him how excited we were, and but he's a parent. So I said, look, we'll take any advice we can have. And he offered some words of encouragement, but that also sent me this quote. Okay, great. And it's by playwright Sean O'Casey. And it's, all the world's a stage, and most of us are desperately unrehearsed. Oh, that's great. There you go. You just got to do it, and it'll happen, right? <laughs> there you go. So... Well, let's do our final plugs. I know we wanted to do that. That that's where we should have gone out with the episode. But let's do. Our uh, I was hoping we would. <laughs> what happened here? All right, we can edit that. So, but we're not going to do that. But we could. Uh, but we got to plug our patreons and thank our. Uh, our oh right. Wonderful producers uh, who are supporting the show. So big thank you to Dr. Bob Baker, James Dawson, and Jesse Miller. Also, if you want to be a patron, uh, different tiers, you can visit our patreon.com slash mindovermagicpodcast. Matt, I just threw a whole lot of video up onto our video vault. We have over 25 videos currently with more to add. Yes. And I just added your full hour-long special. Two hours, right? Two did hours. You get the whole thing. Did you get it all up, or just as you split it up? No, it's both hours. I just thought it was an hour long, but it's two no. hours. <laughs> yeah, because we did two of them. Remember, so that's it's two right. hours. That's yeah. right. So your full yeah. special is up. Matt mm -hmm. Franco's Got Magic, which you can wow. watch on our Patreon if you're on one of those higher tier levels. Access to the video vault. All of your AGT appearances should be on there now. Most. I didn't. I, you don't have all of them yet. Okay. So most of them are up there. <laughs> your returns to AGT are all there. No. Um, most. most of them. <laughs> there's Everything. a Derek Hughes one. There's a Derek oh, right. Hughes one I got to get you. Okay, sure, and I sure, think sure. I missed at least one more. Yeah, that sounds about right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. So almost all of them. But almost. we're still adding so many. Uh, so feel free to check that out over at our patreon.com slash mindovermagicpodcast. Uh, and you can visit our website, mindovermagicpodcast.com, as well as uh, shoot us an email. Thank you so much again, Caden, for um, writing in. Yes, thank so, you, Caden. We'll see you at the show. And congrats again on a successful talent show. Uh, that's awesome to hear. Uh, but you can write to us at mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com or follow us on the socials at mindmagicpod. Uh, my show, uh, public show coming out this weekend, Midnight Theater, uh, is on the 3rd this Saturday. So right when this drops, if you can buy tickets and come see that as well. Uh, and that might be a recurring show um, moving maybe to a different day. But we'll, I'll keep you all posted. You can visit my website, ericdiddleman.com. And Matt, buy tickets to your show. See you when you're tired. <laughs> <laughs> in 2023 once the baby comes <laughs> and the uh animal foundation still happening 
Yes, you have up until the 11th of September to uh, donate at a local uh, Vegas PetSmart to the Animal Foundation and receive a ticket to the show. Amazing. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you being here. And Matt, it's now over. Over.